Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. We're live. We're live. All right. Second chance. Second time's a charm, as they say. Nothing that... could possibly go wrong. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, listeners, for all the feedback. We got um, a good number of emails and from last episode, which was a few days ago, asking for asking for people's feedback and uh, offers of, of help to maybe be on some kind of advisory board or volunteer to, to help us develop Three Dogs North as an apostolate. So you guys saw the emails. Pretty legit, eh? Our listeners are awesome. Our listeners rock. Yeah. I think Mike was the one that put words on it a while ago, but I like the people that listen to 3DN. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that. Yep. They are, it's legitimately, yeah, it's, it's an inspiring and, and beautiful thing to be able to get people's feedback and, and people write very thoughtful stuff. And yeah. They, I was, they take I was a very. Lot of time affected by the amount of thought that went into some of those messages yeah um yeah so yeah maybe more thought than than we, we... gave to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> well i'm also grateful that uh, thanks for handling all those emails and and uh sending thoughtful responses as well connor i appreciate it i know it's extra work that was a pleasure. Um, so as I mentioned in the emails, if I responded to you or if uh, you still want to email us and, and give us a little bit of feedback and if you're interested or have any sort of helpful talents or competencies that, that could help us um, reach more people or be more effective in the people that we reach and um, develop this as an apostolate, you may still email us at threedogsnorth at gmail.com. We'd appreciate it. But those of you who have... Um, just know that in the next week or two, we'll probably be more concrete in what we're actually going to do as we pray about it and think about it. Um, so stay tuned for that. Or also three the, weeks just going off our track record, but it is going to happen. We, I think we, we've got a little bit of momentum right now. And as long as we don't stall out, we won't procrastinate too much. But And plus it's summertime. We got time. All right. Fair. I'm in. Then the clubhouse thing went super good i thought it was fun um doing a little almost like a live podcast just a, a half hour little thing on our homily prep um so we had a good amount of people there but i know some people message us message us and couldn't get on because of the invite um thing you need to, an invitation to be on clubhouse and download the app and all that so we're going to do it again wednesday june 2nd 3 p.m central 4 p.m eastern 10 p.m france um and I will put a link in the description. If you click that link, ideally, you will not have to have an invite. You can just put in your phone number and it will automatically invite you via the Catholic Club. So if you don't mind giving a, uh, an anonymous corporation your personal data in order to hear us live on a weird <laughs> app, then you go ahead and do that. You did We'd not have, have to you. say that. <laughs> that makes me want to delete Clubhouse. <laughs> yeah, well, as well as not have an iPhone or ever Google anything and we're giving our data away constantly. So, okay. So cool. So even if you don't have an iPhone or the app, you can still use that link. I think you have to have a smartphone yeah, or an iPad. I think you okay. can, I don't think you can do it on a 
PC though or a laptop. <laughs> okay. Wow. Any his, um, what else did I want to say? Oh, I'm doing a, um, a live show of music on June 19th in Blue Island. Mm. I've been meaning to promote as well. If people want to come see me, um, play some music i'll put also put a link in that for i think the show's free but there's some suggested donations it's just gonna be on a, a front somebody's front porch in blue island kind of a block party type atmosphere but it's been a while since um i've had any kind of concert or get together like that with strangers so it'll be fun can um, you try to uh, stream it live as well mm, i'm not going to be really in charge of that but i know that will be videoed and i think uh probably be on youtube later on okay but yeah cool i did write a new song Do you guys want to hear it i think i'll probably play it on june 19th i, I played part of it on a voice memo to you rob when we were in an airport oh, in las vegas yeah yeah this is the one that's yeah absolutely play it hold on before that one and i i know you're probably not ready for this but i kind of need some tin whistle dude oh yeah yeah dude. i <laughs> no I, I don't want to incur i don't like the tin whistle i just need to say it out there how can you not love that? Because <laughs> it's terrible. I'm not prepared for this. My Yaz flute. All right, play the play the good one. I will. One sec. Let me get my equipment. I'm struggling. What could we talk about? Hey, okay, well, you let us know when you're ready, but it made me think of when you said that someone could use an iPad uh, for Clubhouse. Mets, one of my first memories of hanging out with you, I don't know if you remember this, but we went on, I think it was Father Bama's trip, like tour of Chicago for the new guys <laughs> at Mundelein. And we took that bus down there and you were taking pictures with an iPad. <laughs> <laughs> like you brought your iPad to take pictures. And I was like, man, I this was people. Yeah. I forgot that people did that. I saw that in, in the, the Holy Land all the time. People walking iPad first into like old churches. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, it, that, they is, were, that was you though, right? I'm pretty sure yep, I remember this. Yeah, right they way. were terrible pictures. Uh, they're still, I, well, I destroyed that iPad. I actually ran it over with my car. Uh, it was so old, but yeah, I definitely... <laughs> I definitely did. I kind of forgot that I did that. But I didn't have a camera or a smartphone. So it was the only right? thing that I owned that took pictures. Uh, <laughs> and I wanted to share it with my family. And those pictures were terrible. It's like us in a bus and everything's out of focus because we're moving. And it's like a picture of <laughs> the Chicago prison. I remember passing by that. And some guys had just escaped. It's like most of my photos are... <laughs> of blurry buildings in chicago <laughs> that's great that's going on was that like nine it'll be nine years ago that's wild man because you also for our first semester you didn't have internet right that's true wow that's true not even not even ethernet that's like not even a <laughs> that's right at the not only yep yep why I don't know. You didn't have a computer or the room's Ethernet didn't work? My room's, room's Ethernet, Ethernet did not work. And Gosh, just, yeah, I remember we had computer labs. Some guys didn't have their own computers. Yeah. That's how it old just, we are. Uh, they put in the Wi-Fi, I think, our second year. 
Yeah. That was like the big project. This, I think it was our second, because they had, they still had like the, the landlines in the rooms our first year or two. Did they not have landlines in the rooms by the time you graduated? No, they were gone. Yeah, yeah. they were gone. That's and that bad. was fairly We, we had good on. prank calls with those. Because <laughs> people would have the same landline number, obviously, for for the time they were in seminary. And then somebody else would move in that room and inherit the number. And you'd get all sorts of weird calls. There were debt collectors that would call me all the time for some guy that was like three dudes removed from when I was in the room. And so we would we would prank call Tom Byrne a lot, <laughs> pretending to be debt collectors or... Or different acquaintances of previous residents. No, I never got any of that. Never. All right, I'm ready. You guys want to hear? You want to hear this? Do it. Can you hear it? All right. Oh my goodness! Look at that. Yeah, I can hear it. I don't wanna go out in the rain i kind of wish it would thunder and pour rattle the windows and doors and this home would be our port in the storm we'd huddle together to keep each other warm somehow this town seems to be tearing itself down one brick at a time they fall, crash on the pavement below, and the cracks are where the water will go, and everything changes and everything goes, somehow. Why can't I shake this disease? Why do I throw the black into the green? streets bleed, buildings are shaking like loose teeth, and the people are trapped inside, and they're starting to lose their minds, and they all think we're running out of time, we're buried alive, we want a second try, somehow. Why can't I shake this disease? Why do I throw the black into the green? Victory is won over every daughter and every son. Victory is won over every daughter and every son. So why can't I shake this disease? Why do I throw the black into the green? But I catch you looking at me, fire in your eyes and embers at your feet. 
Nice, dude. Mm. You like? Yeah, man. <clears throat> Some awesome lines. Building, shaking like teeth, like loose teeth. Love that. How'd the harmonica come out? Was that too loud or not loud enough? No, heck, it was great, man. <clears throat> can a harmonica be too loud? <laughs> and it can cut through and sound really annoying, but I'm, that's my newest instrument, so I'm kind of working on that. That was on point, man. A little Bob Dylan action going on. Did you see, speaking of Bob Dylan, did you see Bishop Barron, his tribute on Bob Dylan's so 80th cool. birthday? I sent that to Joe Pug, and he, his response was, LOL, that slaps. lol that slaps yeah do you guys know that term no but i want to use it now what does it mean it means it's good but i think i normally hear it used with music whereas like that smacks would be that's good but for food Mm. rob i think you need to spend more time at the campus ministry because your your lingo for no other reason like, than if you, you could learn more slang that way. Yeah, I feel like my slang is letting everybody down. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, the song that you re- you just sang really slapped. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Yeah, absolutely. LOL, that slapped. <laughs> just I just thought of it. that one just came to the top of my head right there. <laughs> dude, that's awesome, man. You're I think very... we contributed to to slang, though. YouTube Vortex, I think that we invented that term, and I've heard people use it. I had not heard it before we used it. I will say that. Mm-hmm. You tell me a better combination of words that describes that experience. Yeah, they, okay. on Social Dilemma, they called it the YouTube rabbit hole, which is much nope. more clunky verbally. Much clunkier, and it also doesn't just get the feel of how out of control. Yeah, <laughs> whirlpool. Yeah, <laughs> the only other thing I can think of is quicksand. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the YouTube quicksand. Man, the harder you yeah. struggle, the more stuck you get. Yep. Ooh, man, that that smacks as well. Um, <laughs> Speaking of. <laughs> Speaking of YouTube but vortex, did you have actually? Something? I had I had a YouTube vortex that I got stuck in recently. It was hilarious. Tell but me if you have one. No, no, well, go ahead. Have you guys seen the? I can't. I don't know the comedian, but it's on Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live, and it's the Nick Cage impersonations. Yeah, oh, I've seen those. Man, mm-hmm. I had not seen them, and they murdered me. Man, <laughs> like so funny. That was it. I just, I, yeah. You get going on some of those SNL clips and you can't stop. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. They yeah. used to, SNL, I think they've realized that because it used to be if you search for something that was broadcast on NBC, they made it almost impossible mm-hmm. unless you went on their website, which stunk and always would freeze your computer. But now they have them just in these little bite sized clips on YouTube. And I agree. It makes me like SNL more than I ever did before because you can. Mm-hmm skip bad ones and like i nobody watches tv anymore so yeah i think people are they're realizing that more and more yeah so their their only thing now is smash the like button mm-hmm. or the subscribe button 
Well, now they can make money on it. Maybe it changed because you can make money on YouTube. Yeah. Whereas before it was just like people putting stuff up for free. Right. I, uh, I thought of an old YouTube video and thank goodness it was easily searchable. I just put in kid robot dance. There was some, this was when, when I was in college and I looked at the published date. It was from 2005 that it was on YouTube, but even the the dance festival or whatever this was, was 2001. It said in the uh, banner in the background, but this kid does the robot. Oh, I know it. With the orange shirt on and the it's white pants. It's insane. He goes slow-mo. Yeah. Oh, he does oh. like a strobe light thing. Oh my gosh. It's still the best robot I've ever seen. Yep. Yep. I'll put that in the description. He's totally, I'm assuming, <laughs> just this regular white dude. Yeah. And people would just go nuts. And he's super skinny and nerdy looking. <laughs> he gives all of us hope uh he just just does at the end he just does a dorky little wave like thanks guys (laughs) (laughs) no swagger no swagger whatsoever my recent one it actually came about from some very intense discussions that we had out in california regarding um predatorial animals attacking you and what Mm -hmm. you do if they do (laughs) attack you uh namely sharks i think we talked about sharks coming at you Mm. and uh and you got to swim at them mm-hmm. because it it freaks out their brain because uh, nothing swims at a great white <laughs> <laughs> rightfully so in my estimation um but i remember seeing clips of folks standing up to elks or moose like these giant oh my gosh giant freakish animals i think i told you guys about it and uh so I, I got into a little little bit of a YouTube vortex about human beings standing down giant attacking animals, mm. um, including elephants, moose, uh, moosen, m- the mooses, moosen, the meese, and and then I saw some tiger attacks. That's <laughs> 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 that's a different thing. You don't stand down the tiger attack. <laughs> No. Uh, they will you run your neck you're you know it doesn't really matter what you do it's, it's uh they're gonna beat you very little hope it's just yeah. over like if you're in that situation Ugh. yeah yeah they're they're killers it they're insane Ugh. yeah yeah I, so that was a, it was a quick one that actually wasn't such a bad youtube vortex but a hey, for real though i mean we're getting way off here but there's a clip of a moose up in canada that is no joke the size of a large truck like i i I, they may be called bull moose and there's like three or four feet of snow that these adventurers are trekking through that they've kind of already plowed out well the moose feels stuck or something like that and starts to charge at them and just like barely veers off to the side and he is running through feet of snow like it's nothing and <laughs> he looks like a bulldozer just except moving at like 20 miles an hour with giant horns and <laughs> aggression that could topple a building and the way that he just glides through all this resistance like that may be the most powerful force of nature that i've ever seen on video in regards to animals i mean it's insane One of the things I was thinking about uh, 
regarding YouTube Vortex is something a priest told me the other day. And I've really been thinking about it and praying about it. Like any of these things where I feel kind of stuck, whether it's TV, YouTube, um, even thought patterns like anxiety, worrying, like going over and over and over again, my, my to-do list and just worrying I'm not going to get it done and whatever. You just don't feel like you're free. Um, he was saying, he used the example or the analogy of um, like a married couple where one goes to bed early and the other one is like, I want to stay up late and watch TV or, or whatever. Um, and this little simple resistance to intimacy um, that he's, he's an older priest that he's just kind of like run into as a, as a sort of sign. I mean, itself like is not such a bad thing in marriage that it's going to cause some deep division, but it can be a manifestation of a, a resistance to, to intimacy, like that your just schedules are such that, okay, um, right now we're going to be apart and I'm just going to like do my thing. You're going to do your thing. And especially when it's to do something that's kind of time wasting. Um, and that just made sense to me for some reason as a priest, like in celibacy, the kind of intimacy with God that sustains our, our life as celibate priests. Uh, one of the first, do you remember this, Rob? One of the first talks at IPF was how's your marriage? Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me, I don't even know if I got everything out of that talk that he was trying to communicate, but that's the the line that came back to me as this priest was talking to me. It was like, are there times, sometimes YouTube is fun and it's, you're just quick in and out. Like, oh, you thought of something like that kid doing the robot. I'm like, oh, I want to see that. I haven't seen that in like 15 years. Cool. I can close it, be done with it. But sometimes I feel this like stuckness is a self-absorption, restlessness, trying to feed some deep inner hunger. And this is just making it worse and a, a letting go and just like the invitation into the emptiness or to the, the routine of it. Um, like now it's time to go to bed. Now it's time to get up and we're just going to keep going about our day. I don't know. There's, it's been this constant fight for me, um, as a priest. And I, I think, and I don't think it's unique to celibacy because there's, there's an aloneness there that I know is not the truth. I know I'm never alone, that God is always with me that at any given point I could shut off the iPad or the phone, turn it off and God would be right there staring at me wanting communion, you know? But like, I think anybody who's been down a quote YouTube vortex has felt the both, I can't get out of this, but then once I do get out of it, I feel the sourness of having wasted this time. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Um, that in that moment, there's a, certain surrender necessary to like, okay, I'm just going to let this day die or let these, let these moments die so that I may be restored and renewed. Um, but to me, it was helpful to think of it as like that. Yeah. That's this invitation to intimacy to just rest because it doesn't seem like watching YouTube is much of an activity. (laughs) It's almost like a lack of activity, but it's still, still a restlessness, you know? Um, is that making any sense? Yeah, I think I can, I definitely know what you're getting at with the restlessness. And I don't know where you want to take it because there, I do think, and I, you said this, um, 
but it, it made me think a little bit of uh, like, you know, when, when Peeper talks about leisure as the basis of culture, it's been a long time since I've read, um, read that, but just, he, he kind of lays out like, yeah, just what's required both for like festivity. That's the, the prior book to it, but then what's required for leisure to actually, um, take place. And I don't know. I mean that, that in what you're saying, that distinction is definitely there of something like YouTube could be, I think, I think proper leisure, like, you know, like you said, going and, um, watching that old video and there's something like that's fitting about it and, and wasteful in, in a way, but like rejuvenating, um, in, in a way, but I would say way more often and whatever you're hinting at there, like the restlessness, I do know because you can be sitting there and be like, okay. I mean, there's so many things that like it could happen. Um, but it's just like an escape, like that's the vortex aspect to it. It's just longing for like entertainment more than communion. Um, so anyway, I don't have much past that, but that's just what it kind of like brought to mind to kind of draw out the distinction anyway. Yeah. And maybe a question for you, Connor, to further the distinction, uh, and maybe add some clarification. Do you think, um, you know, and I have no experience with YouTube vortices, so this is a foreign uh, <laughs> concept and experience mm. for me. I don't know. I can't relate to what you're talking about in the least. Um, do you think it's primarily a search for something or, uh, you know, or or is it a fear of something? So it's like a, a resistance to something that you know that the Lord's inviting you into? Or do you think it's more like the desire that is propelling you into it? I think that's what that's exactly the distinction I'm I'm coming to grips with is um I think this is true a lot of times with with sin in general um sins of commission and omission but um in a way I don't want to be a risk heresy or anything like that but in a way what I'm saying is like it's almost like even even your sins of commission in a way are sins of omission in that they are a no to, it's not that you're saying yes to something God doesn't want you to say yes to simply. It's that you're saying no implicitly to some intimacy, some good that he wants to give you in that moment, you know, and it might be costly. It might not be the immediate, um, jolt of dopamine that you want, but it's certainly better. And it doesn't leave you with that sour taste in your mouth. Um, and in a way, it's also an ascent to die, which is like the example of going to bed at night and just saying like, okay, now it's time for us to sleep. You know, it's almost like, you know, in the shows, I'm just like, come on, come to bed. Like the day is over. Let us rest and then get up tomorrow and do the day again. Um, there's like a in syncness of a husband and wife that is ideal. Um, that certainly is, there's the conjugal intimacy aspect of it but not even necessarily just that you're on kind of the same wavelength and rhythm um where one isn't just like yeah no you go do that and i'm gonna continue consuming media until i feel satisfied you know what i mean um there's a restlessness there and a refusal to to let the day die so that the sun can come up and you can um 
do it again tomorrow. And that's where I think the escape thing you were talking about, Rob, too, is like even things I don't want to be thinking about, things I'm worried about, you know, like the chapel right now. I'm just part of me is very excited. Part of me is very anxious because I'm like, okay, this needs to start. And um, I can get all wrapped up in like, what am I on for? Am I going to do this badly? And is this not going to work out? Are we going to not have a chapel ready for the for the fall? And I think it, I believe it will all be fine, that it's going to be fine. It's going to be beautiful. And I have these great people working uh, hard to make it happen. But nevertheless, I, I still like take on all this responsibility and therefore worry. And there's something about me that can't let it go. You know what I mean? To just like, I'll deal with that tomorrow. You know, when I have, when there's actually something I can do about it. Um, instead, of, I'm like waiting for somebody to, to get back to me on something and they're working on it. And I, I know they're working on it, but they're still like, I can't stop thinking about this. Otherwise it might not happen. You know what I mean? Um, so do you get what I'm saying? Like there's a, it's almost like I'm preferring this thing, which is such a lesser good to the great good of like, when I wake up tomorrow, I want to make a good holy hour. And that's like, if I don't do anything else today, that will be enough. Um, yeah. What's the, yeah. What do you think the, like the virtue that you desire is in there? Like, is it wisdom? Is it prudence? Because I, when you were talking there, I thought of, honestly, I just thought of certain, um, like men and women that I really respect that are able to do it, like to do just that. Like, there's just this kind of, maybe it's courage. I don't even know, but there's just this sense of like being in them that, like, no, everything's gonna be okay. And I say that from experience versus hope, if that makes sense. Um. So I, I, what you were saying there, I was like, yeah, I don't have many words to maybe more flesh it out besides like, I think what you desire, and I would guess you would agree, like I've seen in people and I desire it for myself as well. It's, I mean, it's like freedom, right? Like I love that line to let the day, you got to let the day die and then you got to get up and do it again. Um, tomorrow. I'm not very good at that either, man. Yeah. I think it's faith, honestly. When I was talking to Kathy mm. Canavy, my spiritual director up at uh, IPF, that was the grace she told me to pray for is faith. Um, not in a simple, like, I believe everything the Catholic Church teaches and reveals to be true, but an actual relational faith that I am rooted in this relationship of, of faithful love that will never betray me and therefore whatever happens it'll be fine you know um and then that that provides you a freedom to act out and and of and do things in response to that love you know like renovate a chapel but it's not like the renovation of the chapel is this project that i need to uh make happen in order a for me to be happy or b to make god love me or c whatever um the chapel is an outgrowth of of love rather than a condition for it and love is actually what i'm after so believing what jesus says behold i'm with you to the end of the age i will not leave you orphans um 
you know, that that's the given of my life, but it's constantly being plucked up and then new conditions are being set in place of like, nope, you don't have that unless this, and you're like, ah, oh, I need it then, you know, cause yeah. otherwise how could these things be so high stakes? If you have everything at your disposal that you could ever want, the deepest mm. desire of your heart, then why would like something taking a month longer than you think it will upset yeah. you, <laughs> you know? Well, there's also, and this might not make sense. I don't mean this to be a tangent. It's just kind of coming up because it was, this was just a, an effective movement for me recently. Um, but I went in, uh, my mom and dad were down, uh, last week for my anniversary, which was really nice and got to spend some time with them. And, um, anyway, we went, uh, my mom wanted to go to a couple stores in the, the area. So we went into this, I think it's called like Kirkland's or something. It's like the home goods type, type store. Um, and they have all of these, like they have every sign that you could possibly imagine, like for a kitchen and you know what I mean? Like the, it's like the the new fashionable equivalent of like the eat, pray, love signs. I say stuff like that, like at this store um, or whatever it is anyway, but they had this one and it just said, I noticed it in the store and it just said, um, there are no bad days. And it, it was meant, it was kind of by this like group of little signs that were meant to, you know, whatever be inspiration or kind of quick sayings. And there are no bad days. And man, I, I'll be honest, I just kind of found it like, I don't know, there's there just something that was kind of like repugnant about it um, towards me. I was like, man, who who says there can't be bad days? <laughs> like, you know, uh, like that's, that's like an inhuman thing um, that's just so outside of reality. Um, it's okay to have bad days because you're going to have bad days. So you might as well be you know, accepting of it. You don't want to wallow or, and you certainly don't want to like get in a cycle of self-pity or anything like that. But my gosh, you're going to have bad days. Hmm. Um, so anyway, I, I've kind of been praying with that. I just, maybe like a, a loose correlation um, with what you're getting at there for what it's worth. Yeah. Hmm. Which is why you need to let certain days die. Well, you got to let all days die. Yeah, I think that's part of it is like at the end of the day, there's a restlessness there either because the day was filled with boring Zoom meetings and nothing life giving. And so you're like, something has to give me life here. So you go looking in the fridge or the computer for something that's going to make the day savory and good. Or the day's been really good. Like I remember one Christmas when I was like seven crying at the end of the day because it was so good and I didn't want it to be over. Mm. Um <laughs> But in both ways, like if it's joy or if it's sorrow, you just got to let it die. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I The thing, and I'll have to go here shortly, guys. Sorry. This is, yeah, this is a great topic. I, I wish we had more time on it. Um, but the thing that's coming up, we had some training uh, with the Army that I did this past week, and it was around just the chaplain corps and, and what does it look like to be a servant leader in the army and, and to be both a good officer, but then have a pastoral presence to your soldiers. And 
uh, one of the things that they really emphasized was building trust with your subordinates and with your chain of command and all the people that you work with. And one of the big things that they emphasized within trust was that it has to be personal. And they showed a little clip. Uh, one of the guys giving the presentation showed a little clip from, his name is Simon Sinek. Um, oh, yeah, I've seen him. He yeah. did the whole thing on millennials. He, that's right. That's the same guy. Um, Does he wear like hip, clear glasses? Yeah, he's like a, a more hip, Americanized Elon Musk type. We're like, whoa, this guy's edgy and smart and uh, well-spoken um, and, and knows his stuff for sure. But it seems like it's more in the sociological realm that deals with the relationship type stuff. And, and he began by saying, you know, a lot of times companies will downplay trust because it's a type of a feeling. And, and because it's a feeling and it's not like, quote unquote, a fact, then, you, you know, it, it, it's not taken as seriously. But he just went on to talk about how trust is really the foundation of all good corporations and all good organizations. Um, and, you know, if you notice, like if anybody's ever just telling you to say, you know, just trust me, like just why don't you trust me? And, and they're trying to encourage this feeling of trust that it doesn't work because trust is something that yeah takes place personally, but then also relationally, which means that it has to be something that that's earned. And, you know, I, I was thinking about it in regards to the faith and it's kind of coming up around this question is like, okay, Jesus, um, you know, do I trust you? And I think that's where the, the faith comes into it. Do I trust you to let things go, to let them die? which means that what you've given me is sufficient and what you'll give me tomorrow is sufficient. But that's not something that you can just study or that you can just email over to somebody, but like it only comes personally. And so like those constant difficulties where there are things that we can't let go of, those are also invitations to, to grow in trust. So it's like, okay, Lord, please help me to, you know, in a sense, earn my trust because I do believe this at, at an intellectual level, but please reveal to me that this is true, that what I think about you and what I've been told about you corresponds with reality, which means like every difficulty or hangup that we have is also an opportunity to have an encounter where God provides, which actually deepens trust, which, you know, it's not God just saying, Hey, sit there and trust me no matter what. It's like, no, watch me live uh, in your life, not a distant, you know, a distant God, but a real living personal relationship that does verify these promises that Jesus made. I'll be with you always. And, you know, I'll be with you till the end of the age. And I came to give you life and and joy and the fullness of life. And okay, I trust you, but like, please reveal that to me. And and so there are also invitations. Like I know it's frustrating, but the times where I haven't been able to give stuff up has also been the avenues, like the same exact struggles where the Lord has revealed just how powerful and present he is. And trustworthy. And and, and very trustworthy. Yeah. That he is a man of his word. Yeah. Good. Well, join us on June 2nd at 3 p.m. Central on the Clurb Hearse.
in the clubbers. Meet me in the club. It's going down. Okay, I got to get going, guys. See ya. Good to talk to y'all. Hasta luego. Peace. Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. Good girl.